Hi, this is Chris. And this is John. And you're listening to the Nerdy Dadcast. Here we are two weeks from our last episode, uh, where we got to talk a little bit about the coronavirus or COVID-19 disease. At the time, uh, it was making its presence known uh, internationally, well, two weeks removed from that episode, and things have changed drastically. Uh, the world as we know it is is in lockdown. Uh, self uh, isolation is a thing. The, here in Canada, the Quarantine Act is in, in, in place. So if you come from anywhere else, you are by law required to self-quarantine. And that means not like stopping at the grocery store when you get home to pick up groceries. It's not stopping at your parents to say hello. It's not, you know, stopping at go collecting your $200. It is going straight home. And, you know, as the days unfold, you know, things continue to change. So we thought, and actually I should rephrase that, you thought it would be a good episode for us to sort of talk about how we're approaching this uh, this world of social distancing and isolation as it uh, pertains to us and, quite frankly, our kids. Yeah, I'll admit, I, didn't, I haven't listened to the last episode yet, but uh, it seems like it was another lifetime ago. I mean, it was two weeks, but... We were young, naive fools back in those days. And anything we said about the coronavirus at that point no longer counts. So, I mean, here I am. This is now actually day 14 of self-isolation. And my we, we have an immunosuppressed member of our family, so we're playing it extremely safe. But, uh, but yeah, it's been um, – I, I, kind of, I miss the outside world. I remember it. I, I seem to remember it. I remember what it was like. I, I hear it's a lot different now, and I watch uh, social media and the news to a certain extent, and um, as much as my mental state can really allow, because it's been it's been two weeks. Yeah, and that you know it has been actually two weeks since we recorded our, our last episode. We recorded in the week, and it goes live on the weekend. The world, as we know, as I mentioned, has changed. Uh, the fact that you know you are encouraged, if not you know, soon to be potentially by law required to stay home uh, is a thing. Like getting fresh air for, for me and my family is heading out to our balcony. Uh, you know, last few days uh, specifically have been quite nice and sunny. Uh, even last week, uh, the weather was good. Uh, and that posed its own problem. Like where you are uh, in Vancouver, there were a plethora of people out and about walking. Uh, the seawall, the beaches uh, were... Maybe not Florida packed. Florida was in its entirely, you know, own uh, world with the spring break. But uh, it was amazing the number of people who who were practicing social distancing by staying away from their own friends and family, and instead, you know, bumping shoulders with strangers on the street. It was kind of surreal. Um, I won't suggest that I've, you know, been in full lockdown as as you have, and our circumstances are a little bit different, but. I haven't, you know, been outside for days. I mean, outside of my balcony, which I know it's outside, but still, it's not really outside. I cleaned my balcony today, so I'm ready to be balcony bound. But yeah, um, the whole disconnect, like, like I said, being outside for two weeks now, and you sort of you assume because I can hear, like, we live in a busy area of Vancouver. I live in the west end of Vancouver, one of the most populated neighborhoods in North America, 
And um, you can hear there's less movement. There's less cars coming by. There's less ambulances going by all the time. But then you also see that and you see these pictures of people down on the seawall. And I mean, yeah, it's a beautiful area. But at the same time, you don't want, like, it's it's pretty serious. And if you're down there and that's just, it's asking for trouble. And it's, it's so, you want to think people are more thoughtful and more engaged than that rather than hearing that they have to stay in and say, no, I'm going to the beach instead to cuddle with a thousand of my closest strangers. And that's, it's really, yeah, it's interesting. But on the, on the flip side as well, like I mentioned, being in the West End um, lately over the last uh, five or six days, I guess it has been now every night at seven o'clock, all the residents of the West End or I have to, it sounds like most of them, because I'm sure you can probably hear it from across the border, but um Seven o'clock every night, we all go in our balconies and we cheer and we hit pots and pans and we and make as much noise as we possibly can to um, basically to cheer on all the healthcare workers and all the important service providers that are still to be out there every day. And it's actually really a very moving thing. I mean, I went out and I'm not uh, I'm not apt to quick tears over these things, but on the first couple of nights, it brought tears to my eyes. Just all the the wave of positive energy in such a negative scary time so it's uh it's been both the best of mankind and the worst of mankind so you have to kind of balance that yeah you know it, for us i mean there's nothing close to this type of situation that we've you know been through i i you know was sort of thinking like i'd have to go to my grandparents who would have been around during the the spanish flu but you know it's it's not uh, you know, a worldwide pandemic is not something really we know the rules. Uh, we don't have a, a, an ability to predict, oh, this is what's going to happen. It's it's sort of day by day and reliant on the fact that, um, you know, we're doing, at least you and I, you know, what we're told. And I think the vast majority of people, like you talk about the West End and, you know, the, the applause for first responders and those uh, working in uh, health services, um, you know, I don't hear it where I am. I'm not. Uh, I'm surprised, actually. Over. But uh, it is definitely, you know, front of mind. Like I've uh, had a couple of visits to the hospital over the last couple of weeks for uh, unrelated issues, but were still uh, issues that uh, needed to get sorted out. Uh, both were scheduled to take place well before everything started to happen. And I had actually presumed that those uh, the two visits would be canceled. They weren't. But the, the most recent one, uh, when I was in the hospital, uh, first of all, the hospital was very quiet. Um, it's, it is surreal going into the emergency ward uh, and seeing it slow. And I, I know quiet and slow aren't the best terms to one describe because it's sort of the, the potential of the, the, the jinx. But I've never seen it like that ever. And again, I think it has a lot to do with the fact that one, there's people who are now not coming to a hospital for, for a variety of different reasons. Um, one of them is that they might be afraid to, but, uh, when I was talking to the nurse, she had mentioned how, you know, it is it's definitely a different sort of world we're living in. But, uh, one of her questions was, uh, you know, you and your family, you're staying home. Yes. It's like, good. And, it wasn't until she sort of said it and the way she said it with the conviction that she did, that it really made sense to me that, you know, for her, you know, me 
there's a risk me coming in. Um, she doesn't know me. It's possible that I could be, you know, carrying the virus. Um, there's like preliminary data uh, out of Iceland uh, where they've been able to do quite a bit of testing with a smaller population that a large majority of people are uh, carrying the virus, but asymptomatic. So you, they don't even know. They just get a test. Oh, hey, you got it. So again, I mean, for first responders and, and health professionals, it's it's definitely a tough situation. Um, so I, I'm, I'm happy that you're going out and, and applauding and all that. Uh, definitely something that uh, I would take part in. But for me, I haven't done it yet. I kind of feel guilty I haven't. Yeah, I mean, it's got to catch on, get to your neighborhood. I mean, you can be the one that starts it. And uh, yeah, every night at 7 o'clock, it really is inspirational and moving. And it's really, it's also, I mean, it's good for the kids as well. Because, I mean, our, mm-hmm. our kids have been inside for 14 days now. And they, they don't even go to the mailroom. So they have maybe been to the doorway, but we probably don't even let them do that. So, yeah, the whole thing of getting onto the patio and cheering and screaming and seeing that there are people out there and there are people that are happy because, you know, we're all going through a new sort of grief, this grief where mm-hmm. we're, we've lost our way of life. We're suddenly in this new way of life that um, is important and, necess- and necessary, but it does make you grieve for that life that you had only two weeks ago. So mm-hmm. to keep them sort of amped up and pumped up, and I mean, for the most part, my kids are great. This isn't, they haven't... Um, They've got a little bit of stir crazy right now and then they've taken to running up and down the hallway. So they've been doing like son, he usually does swimming and parkour and diving and all these other things. Now he's doing laps up and down the hallway. So he, he got up to about 90 laps, I think this morning, going back and forth. He counts every one. So, you know, he's still getting his energy in, but um, just keeping everybody going is, is great. Yeah. And that, you know, I can't imagine what it would be like with, with two kids who, have energy and it needs to be burnt, right? Like uh, I have one who has energy, but uh, we can sort of burn it in the hallway of our, our condo. Um, like she does come down to the mailroom with me. We have gone out for sort of quick walks outside. We have a, a lagoon sort of set up uh, amongst the complexes where we live. And uh, the good thing is there's very few people around, um, but it is tough because in mean, kids by nature, they 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 want to explore. They want to just explode, and I, I you know bottling that up is is tough. Uh, you know far more than than me about that one having the experience of two kids and the fact that you know you have many years of of seeing in action. Uh, you mentioned parkour, though. You know your son could still do that in the house. He does still do that in the house too. Yeah, what's one of my most constant refrains is the couch is not a parkour gym. Because, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, and also, you know, it's it, it's another thing about this whole epidemic is, you know, watching things like his parkour gym who, when we come out of it, might not be there anymore because so many of these businesses are being hit so mm-hmm. hard. And people that aren't working. I mean, we're lucky in that my wife can work from home. It doesn't really affect us that way. But there are so many people in our community that are very concerned about how they can pay rent, how they can make all these mm-hmm. things. And yeah, it's this new, it's this new paradigm. That's just, it's, there are no rules. Yeah. And I, you know, it, I, I can sort of relate to what you just said. Like, you know, yeah, I'm much like your wife. I have the ability to work from home. What I do does not require me to have an office and a desk. Um, the company I work for, we're, we're somewhat insulated um, to the events of the day. 
but where we might feel the impact is later into the year and into the next um, fiscal year in 2021 is businesses start to sort of uh, reevaluate their spend because again, they've, they've purchased contracts to use our software. Those are already in place, but uh, my wife works in the hotel industry and uh, the, the numbers for occupancy right now are worse than they ever were during the second world war. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not trying to correlate the two. They're completely different circumstances, but you know, it is hurting so bad that her last day was Tuesday this week. And she has now officially uh, been laid off temporarily, we hope, but we don't know how long this will go. We don't know how long, you know, this will last. Um, will the hotel, which is a big chain, but will the hotel be able to, to survive, you know, for however long it takes. And if it does, will it be the, the same? I mean, we're talking about, you know, a large, you know, chain hotel here, but I'm not naive to think that they're somehow, you know, better off compared to, you know, a um, small business or mom and pop shops. And it is definitely a, a tough situation for, for many. Now we were fortunate that with, you know, my job, we'll be able to make things work. Um, we also, when uh, baby force was born, made sure that we had savings, uh, you know, equating to be uh, essentially, you know, three, three paychecks, which I know is not the minimum, I think what's three months, but not everyone has an opportunity to do that. Yeah. A large portion don't. So that's the thing. No. So that's where I, I, I know we are fortunate. Um, and, you know, I am glad we sort of took those steps when we did, we weren't, we were never planning on this happening. It was just a matter of, oh, if we had a special levy in our building, we had to sort out, or, oh, some major thing happens, and, you know, I guess that's what this is. Anyhow, the the tough part, though, is throughout all of this uh, is, you know, not only managing sort of my emotions, the emotions my wife's going through, but also, you know, for us, trying to explain the world as it is to our, you know, soon-to-be three-year-old daughter. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, my my five-year-old daughter has been making really great drawings of viruses now. She has them mm. right down. She has she knows exactly what a virus looks like. And so she learned that from from one educational show on Netflix, I think. And um and so now she's been recreating virus art, which is pretty great, I think. Yeah. The um my daughter has not created virus art, although we're trying to explain the circumstances one in, in language that she can understand and relate to, but then equate it so that it actually is real. And what I mean by that, um, she loves parks. The highlight of any trip outside is let's go to the park. It could be snowing there could be hail. It could be a hurricane. It's all good. The park it's open. Well, now we're in a situation where parks they're closed. You don't go to parks. You're not supposed to go to parks. And try to, you know, try to equate this to, you know, soon to be three-year-olds been tough. So we'd explain, well, the parks are closed to prevent people from getting germs. I know viruses, germs aren't great, but she gets it. Germs. She's like, oh, and germs make you sick. Yes. And we don't want to, to have germs that make us sick, but we don't also want to have germs make other people sick. Oh, no, no, that's not. We don't want anyone to be sick. Exactly. And when we go outside, we got to come in, we got to wash our hands. So she gets all of this, but then she starts, you know, as kids are apt to do logically processing this. Oh, okay. So 
washing my hands gets the germs off of them. So if I go to the park and get germs on me, I just wash my hands or have a bath and I'm good. And then having to try to explain, well, that's not how that works. But again, it, it is a process where we're, we're, we're having to go through. Um, and, you know, again, we're, we're somewhat lucky because for her, everything is simple. It's just sometimes the simplicity is difficult to resolve when complexities in life presented itself. Yeah, and at that age, and even at I mean, the later age of my children, the concept of teaching them about something invisible is very hard. Mm-hmm. So germs, you can't see germs. Well, why can't you see germs? Because they're so small. Well, if they're so small, how can they hurt me? And you go down that rabbit hole, and it doesn't. It doesn't. It's not an easy thing to really explain well and to get really in their mind. We had to go through several YouTube videos showing, you know, the spray of germs and showing how things pass from person to person before they started to get that concept. And I mean, at the time we didn't really want to watch those videos because it was the beginning of the coronavirus and we don't want to deal with the reality ourselves to a certain amount. I mean, it's like if you're in the middle of a, a dark situation, if you're, you know, if you're somebody in your family's died, you don't want to watch movies about people dying. It's just not something you want to do. So same kind of here where I was like, we needed to be able to teach the kids about viruses, but at the same time, having to watch those was like, well, I don't know that we really want to. And we did, and they understand now that's much better for us. So, I mean, yeah, like everything, face it straight on. And as you said earlier, I mean, just about mental health, I mean, the largest thing I see right now is so many people are out there and so many people have their kids home from school because all the schools are closed and it's across the continent now. All the schools on the continent are closed. And, you know, in social media, there's a fair portion of the parents out there every day. It's uh, I'm homeschooling day one. I'm homeschooling day two. I'm homeschooling day three. This is what we did. This is what we did. I mean, as a homeschooler, this is something that I've learned over the last year is that, you know, in times of turmoil and times of tragedy, it's hard to homeschool. It's hard to concentrate. It's hard to be at your prime. So, I mean, right now, yes, if that's what helps you survive, if that's what helps you sort of think and keep your routine going as some kids really need routine. So that's important, but um, it's more important just to survive and to keep your family tight and to have experiences together. And where, you know, to us, it's scary kind of, because this is something we've never seen before and this is the world and we're not, we can't go out into it normally. And we've been on, we've been on it for many decades at this point and nothing like this has ever happened, but you know, for our kids, it's sort of, they don't have that experience and some time inside could either be really scary and really therapy inducing 20 years from now, assuming the world makes it another 20 years. I don't know. We have to, get to be the virus first, but um, you know, it can also be really great times and great memories. And you're having, having all these special moments with your kids and to, to put it into, you know, this needs to be done. This needs to be done. None of us are, are operating at our optimal right now. I mean, nobody is finding it really easy to be normal or concentrate or be their best parent. And I mean, I think you really have to be very, very passionate for yourself and very easy on yourself because it's it's hard. This is an unknown world. This is something we've never seen mm-hmm. and we are not going to be at our prime doing it. And your kids aren't going to suffer a whole lot because they missed a day of math or something. It's just not going to happen. So yeah, that's sort of my thing right now is just making sure we have experiences. We have the laughs and we, we have a whole lot of video games, which they don't normally get, but they get a whole lot of video games right now. So they're enjoying that. Yeah. It's, 
It's interesting to note, and I, and I sort of agree with you that that we do need to also understand the emotions that we're experiencing um, don't allow us to sort of be at our best and our kids will pick up on them. Like I, last week was a tough week for me. Uh, I had a lot of anxiety. I would, at one point, like, I didn't want to go outside. So I'm going to go over home. And that's not to suggest I'm suddenly like, oh, I just want to go outside. I'm not, I'm not, you know, getting stir crazy here. But, you know, my daughter picked up on that. It's like, oh, why is daddy sad? And, you know, it, trying to then explain like, oh, well, you know, I, I can't fake it. I can't say, oh, I'm not sad. Cause I mean, she's quite rightly picking up on the emotion and the, and obviously she's, she knows her daddy. He's usually a pretty, you know, goofy guy. And here he is kind of morose and you know, throw brown that. Um, but it's, a, it's, you know, being able to understand that, recognize that. Yeah. There's a whole danger in saying, you know, I'm not sad or to deny that feeling because it gives her a message that, you know, you shouldn't feel that. And that's totally the wrong thing. We've seen generations have that and it hasn't turned out well for them so far. So, so yeah, I mean, when in my house anyways, when we're feeling everything and there's been a whole lot of daddy's been sad over the last year, cause you know, there's been certain events in my life that have been rather hard and rather sad, but um, facing that and when they came to a point where they were like, Oh, daddy's sad. Okay. We daddy's sad because of this. And we, we know this. And, and yeah, just telling them it was all right to feel whatever you're feeling is so key and important. Yeah. The, so one of the things actually sort of to that, to that note is one, I, I recognize that I, I was going through a lot of these, through a lot of these emotions. Uh, it was obvious to me that, uh, you know, my wife and, and daughter both picked up on it, but uh, I started trying to find ways and avenues to sort of help bring the, my anxiety levels down. I wasn't trying to eliminate them. I knew that that was impossible. Um, and I started doing uh, sort of breathing exercises. It was very simple. Um, and one of the struggles I was finding is uh, trying to find one at work, like, Oh, it's 15 minute uh, program. Um, it was too long. I sort of, you know, it's like trying to, in my mind, it was like, I hadn't gotten off the couch for about a month and suddenly I'm going to go and start sprinting down the street. Like my mind wasn't ready for 15 minutes. I found this one, uh, for five minutes in length through, uh, one of the uh, smart devices. Uh, but essentially it's using the calm app. And, uh, so I start doing that. Well, baby force, she, uh, she's asking me what I'm doing. I'm like, Oh, well, I'm doing breathing exercise. And so she and I did it together. She thought it was great fun. Um, I wouldn't suggest I find it great fun, but I find it helps just, you know, ground me. And so I, I, you know, I hope that she, you know, one, when she gets older recognizes that that's a tool because it's not one that I truly understood until only a few years ago, you know, it's how much your breathing uh, has an impact on, on your well being. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a great picture of my daughter at about um, probably about three and she was in a yoga pose and she just had like her arms out and she had sort of this very Zen look on her face, which is very unusual for a three-year-old. And so at that time she was aware that you could be, you could be Zen and you could breathe and you could be relaxed and I think my wife tried to teach her that but when she's actually upset that's never a thing that she could actually do so so it's a concept that she's really good at and hopefully we can practice more on the concept but when she explodes it's not a thing that she holds on to very long yeah now before we take a break uh, to maybe cheer ourselves up a little bit with some some pure nerdiness um, I do want to recommend 
that uh, those of you who are listening who are going through, uh, you know, you know, similar struggles or potentially uh, looking for information, um, maybe it's best to take a social media break. Maybe it's best to not be too reliant on the news. I'm not suggesting that you completely tune them out. But one of the things that I found um, was difficult in early going is I was like, I need to learn more. I need to consume all information. And that amount of information created not only an overload, but provided sort of conflicting uh, information. And at that amount of stress going on, this was sort of what short circuited me. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to simplify it. For us in Canada, I'd recommend you go to canada.ca slash COVID-19. It's the federal government site that's set up. It provides you um, some real basic information as to uh, how to you know, keep yourself safe, how to keep yourself healthy, the resources that are available, uh, both from a you know, perspective of financial employment, but also to health and well-being. Um, I know for those of you who aren't in Canada, it may not be as relevant, but I would encourage you to go to, uh, you know, legitimate, you know, government or, or other reputable organization uh, websites, because uh, unfortunately there are a lot out there uh, that are a little bit misleading, and that's probably putting it lightly. Yeah. And on that, I mean, be very, try to be very aware and very introspective of your own mental state, because I mean, it's very important. And as you mentioned, social media, I mean, usually I'm fairly, fairly, I watch social media a lot. So I'll keep, keep an eye on Facebook. I, I'm back and forth with Twitter. Sometimes I watch Twitter. Sometimes I don't, but right now, and I mean, I've personally, I found I have to leave, I just have to keep really positive and, and for my own part in it, throw really positive messages out there as much as I can. And then just turn it off and cut it down completely. There's never been a time previous to this where, like, I don't have Twitter open or a tab in my browser or something. But at this point, I've actually had to close those tabs and delete the apps from my phone just to, I mean, yeah, we've been inside for 14 days. And as I said, the world outside is kind of, uh, is, is a farther, farther and farther memory all the time. But at the same time, all the links out to it, yeah you have to worry about your mental state and what you can handle at any given time. I mean, I went out this morning and I was just pulling up some, some soil boxes from my stoop up to my balcony. And it was probably the most time I spent outside. And a neighbor said, Hey John. And I swear I jumped like three feet in the air because I haven't talked to outside people. And it's amazing how fast your brain sort of switches into this isolationist internal mode where it honestly feels when I go outside, like there, may, there might actually be a zombie apocalypse because those zombies might come around the corner and I'm pretty sure they're mm -hmm. going to hit me. So yeah, when this neighbor said, Hey John, I swear I almost pooped myself just because yeah, that was, it was, it was a moment I had to go upstairs and make sure I was still, I was not yeah. soiled. Well, that's good. I was going to say, um, you know, it's not a zombie apocalypse. It's actually an attack from Mars. So just start pumping out that Tom Jones music and you'll be safe. So let's take a quick break and uh, get ourselves a little nerdy. I can't believe I'm going to admit this, but I'm playing Animal Crossing New Horizons. Ooh. I have never played an Animal Crossing title in my life. I, I've, I'd heard of it, but it was never something that I understood. I don't know the characters. I do know one right now. I hate him. His name's Tom Nook. He's a jerk. Um, but it's it's interesting um, how I got into this. Uh, some backstory. Um, 
I'm really involved in the, the Vancouver Titans scene. I have a podcast on the Vancouver Titans and, and the Overwatch League itself in esports. I'm a video gamer. I mean, this is something I know. And uh, a Discord group, the Vancouver Titans, everyone's talking about uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons. Oh, who's going to get it? Who's going to pick it up? Everyone's playing. And so I made this comment. I'm like, okay, in a world of isolation, I would have never imagined that I would have suffered from FOMO. Like that fear of missing out was strong. So I'm sitting here, I'm like, why? I don't need, I don't know nothing about this game. I, I've never played it. It doesn't seem like it would appeal to me. But eventually, I just said, oh, you know what? I'm going to be inside. I've got some gift cards here. Why don't I, why don't I do it? So I, I, I bought a copy. And I can't put the game down. Like, I don't know what it is. It's, like, it's not like the game has anything that I'm usually, you know, riveted by it's just chill i need to have all my trees lined up in a particular way and i need to now that i have my museum i'm having to go and like find all the bugs and all the fish and then i'm researching like well what do i need to do to create the conditions to do this and then like i'm i'm spending more time um trying to Make my world a make my world a better place. Air quotes for those who can't obviously see this in the auditory form. But yeah, I'm totally hooked. And if it wasn't for that jerk Tom Nook, who I'm always in debt to, um, it would be a real happy game. So my only Animal Crossing experience was I, I downloaded the iPhone app when it came out when Nintendo started releasing iPhone apps, and so that like was my Pocket Crossing or whatever. It was yeah, it, yeah, it was Pocket Pocket Camp or something because you're out camping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I downloaded it and I started playing it and I played it. I mean, it's one of these things, especially on the mobile phone that, you know, you get kind of addicted as a time waster. You can sit there and whatever you're waiting for. And so I played quite a lot of it, but I haven't actually played any console game. I guess this is the first actual console game. From what I understand, it was all Game Boy and handhelds before, maybe. Maybe not. I could, I, be wrong. I could be wrong on that, but I, I haven't actually paid much attention. But yeah, it seems um, it's... I. I understand the FOMO thing. Um, I haven't gone down and got it yet. I, I might. We'll see how the uh, quarantine keeps going. Um, I have seen some interesting, some funny things online, like the fact that you can shake your trees and security cameras fall out, which makes that Tom Nook guy just a little bit more shady. you got to wonder why security cameras are falling out of trees. And But, yeah, it seems it seems interesting. And like anything Nintendo does, I'm always a fan. So, so yeah, that's, we'll, we'll see. Maybe I'll report back on next podcast. Yeah, I just, you know, I've, I've been, as I said, I've been playing every day. I have yet to get to the, the security camera part. Um, I learned that tarantulas are raid bosses in this game. Um, there is no such thing as a raid boss, but if there was, it was a tarantula. And I have I have wiped multiple times. I did finally catch one, um, but, like, they come out of nowhere and they continue to, like, bite me. Does your island have enough toilet paper? That's the question. (laughs) So, uh, not yet, because I have yet to build a toilet. Though, in an interesting side note, and I'm not sure if you were aware of this, you can actually use the toilets. Hmm. Once you have one, you can go. Well, there you go. I mean, that was a big thing of our age. Video games of the 80s, 90s, people would always ask, well, where did they go to the bathroom? And now we have the games and the technology that show where they go to the bathroom. Yeah, I mean, it's... They, apparently you can just sit on the toilet and you don't have to like, you know, drop your pants or shorts or whatever your character happens to be wearing and the magic still happens, but a lot of us have uh, our deepest thoughts on the toilet. So yeah. Mm-hmm. The, uh, 
but yeah, no, I mean, the game, it's sure. Maybe it's that it's addictive. Maybe it's the completionist part. I don't know what it is. To, I've, I've started visiting other islands, like, um, you know, friends from Twitter and, and, and the, the Titans discord, like I've sort of slowly introduced myself to this concept of, of socializing on an on game, online game. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just, it's been a good way to spend time. And, um, you know, baby force will sit and sort of watch me. Oh, what's that? Oh, you should go and get that butterfly. Um, Oh, you lost the fish. You're not good at this game. <laughs> oh, thank you. So that's what I've really been enjoying this last couple of weeks is, um, for years. And I mean, I'm going to go back a little bit here because this isn't a current game and it's not even in production anymore, but, uh, about, so oh, I don't know, five years ago, whenever the PlayStation 4 originally came out, my wife and I, well, Lego Dimensions came out, the one of the, in the big toy to game craze. And so my wife and I at the time picked up quite a lot of them and we, we had played and we played for a fair amount of time together. We were enjoying it, but then I think they canceled the line or something. And when they did that, we suddenly stopped playing or we got brought onto the next new thing, whatever it was. But my son, he's always seen the Lego Dimensions. He's, he pulls out the box of them every now and then. It's like, Dada, can we play this? Can we play this? And I've always been like, yeah, no, sometime soon we'll play that. That Yeah, someday we'll play that. Sure, yeah, buddy, we'll play that one day. And now, I mean, he he did the same thing early on in isolation here. And I so I was like, well, um, I have no good reason to say no. So, yes, absolutely. So we pulled out Lego Dimensions and... Um, Honestly, we've been having a great time. Just the two of us playing together. And my daughter actually comes in and she just likes destroying Lego blocks and stuff like that too. But it's really, it's too bad because it was such a great meld of all the things. And I guess with all of the various um, properties that went into it, it was it would have been hard to keep it ongoing. But when you can have something that has Batman and the Wizard of Oz and Back to the Future and Doctor Who and and all of these classic video games and all these other things in it, it's, and all the Lego bricks and you can build Lego bricks and bring your own characters in and all of these things that go with it. It's, it's really great. So, I mean, the two of us have got, have been playing it for the last week and a half now, and I've gotten much farther in it than I ever was with my wife. And it's really been a great sort of, I've, I've been really enjoying the bonding time, just the two of us exploring the game together. So that's been one of our big, um, big nerdy time, time sinks this, this last couple of weeks just to get through. The other thing we've been doing is um, we originally had signed him up. He and one of his buddies or one of his buddies had gone through a, a D&D for kids workshop put on by one, mm-hmm. of the, by one of the local game stores, Rain City Games. And um, his buddy really enjoyed it. And so we heard there was another one coming up. And we said, yeah, well, they should do it together. So had the world's gone on normally like it was supposed to, they would have gone to the store and did D&D together, which would have been great. But Obviously, the world has changed. So now they sort of pushed it to an online D&D campaign. So it was still supposed to be beginner. So I sort of threw him at it. And um, Monday morning, he started. And I just sort of said, OK, it's a story. You have to play along. You make your own character. You just go and do these things. And even though I'd given him the player's handbook to read in advance, which I'll tell you, giving that to an eight-year-old might not be the best idea, but uh, <laughs> but my son's a big reader, so he really, he was enjoying getting into it. But he was really overloaded up to the first day, and so we had to sit down, and we had to sort of go through all of the things, explain all the things to him, and then he did it again, and um, on his second day, it was great. He absolutely loved it, so that's also been a good time sink, but um the other thing with that is so we've we've had sort of a role-playing game for kids sitting 
on one of our shelves for a couple of years now. We picked it up at Shucks in 2019, 2018. And it's just, it's called Sidekick Quests. And so your kids, you're all kids and you're basically, you're the sidekicks of heroes. So sidekicks of knights and wizards and all these things. And you're people that are learning how to be those things. And so I pulled it out and I read it and I, I said, okay, fine. I'll be the game master. I will, I will lead this. And so my wife, my daughter, and my son have been going on this adventure and I've been the game master for them. And it's been really, it's been really great. I mean, I've never had, I've always been a player. I've never done a DM or GM kind of thing. And just the whole mm-hmm. experience of leading the adventure and watching them enjoy it and making stuff up as I go along to, for them to enjoy it more has been another really great family thing where we're all doing it together. And it's a great bonding thing and learning experience during this um unusual time yeah well I, I'm, I'm somewhat envious there's there's no way that my wife would ever get into any type of rpg D style game if it's not like i mean the closest would be like a, um one of the sims style games or you know uh zoo tycoon yeah, we've had a campaign going in our neighborhood now with with uh, a couple of pairs of our neighbors for just over a year where that was sort of her first role-playing experience. And sh- we did one called Dungeon Crawls Classics, which is sort of kind of like an old D&D style, but not. Mm-hmm. And so that was sort of her first role-playing experience. And she figured that I had dove it in so hard with uh, her board game obsession that she should probably do the same with and play an RPG. And she found that she enjoyed it. So, I mean... We've had a good adventure going on just with the neighbors. So to bring the kids in and have their own little adventure has been pretty pretty great as well. Cool. Yeah, and I, and I still hope that Baby Force will, will embrace the the meta, so to speak. But yeah, that, I'm not entirely sure how to get the wife on board. But also just the whole the whole time once they're old enough to sit there and and video game with you, it's pretty great. I'll tell you, it's sort of having that. Uh, video game partner that I haven't had since I was a teenager and, you know, buddies playing games back in the day. Now you, you got your kid there and they're learning all these things yeah. that you, that you're actually pretty good at. Cause you've got the, the, the impulse to my fingers never actually have gone away. I still have all those, I can do all those things. So yeah. You've got the quick twitch. Huh? Absolutely. Yeah. I just say I'm a, I'm a co-op gamer. And the problem is, is, you know, now that my brother and I are obviously older families of our own, you know, we have maybe co-op games once a month. Um, so I'm running solo and that's just not my thing. So I need my little co-op gamer there to, to hurry on up and you know, get the skills. Although, quite frankly, I'm kind of tempted to give, a, give her a controller and see what she does. Oh, yeah. By by her age, her had had a controller. And I'm sure, I'm sure my daughter had too. So, yeah. <laughs> so... Seeing as it's a uh, night where we need to go and watch uh, Picard. Yes, the finale. Why don't we go and look to wrap this episode up? So any final words of parenting wisdom that you can impart on all of our listeners there, John? I'm just going to double down on what I said earlier. I mean, right now, the world is not normal. And we are all going through our own way of reconciling that in our brain. And our human brains are just not meant to have experiences like this and can't put them together really easily. So don't be too hard on yourself and do what you can as a parent and, you know, hug your kid and make sure you're having 
fun and experiences and then hope that, you know, 15 years from now when we look back and say, oh, I remember when the coronavirus wasn't that funny. And they'll be like, yeah, we had the best time playing video games or games or whatever you personally do. Just, mm-hmm. you know, make make the best of a really kind of dark time as much as you can and keep aware of your mental health because it's so important. Yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see what nursery rhymes come out of this pandemic because that's where many of them have come from in the past. Uh, the advice that I can provide, breathe. Just, you know, take that breath. Um, make sure you're, you're getting getting that air. And that's not a, you know, tie-in to the fact that the, the virus does sort of limit your ability to, to get air. It's just a matter of really finding your center, understanding that, uh, you know, your breath is everything. That's what keeps us going. And the moment you stop, you know, it's going to lead to the problems, even in the good times. Right. So, you know, making, making sure you're, you keep that focus on the, uh, thing though, I'm going to ask all of our listeners to do to reach this point, uh, is obviously, uh, hopefully have you tune in in a couple of weeks time. Every two weeks, we're going to continue to produce content. Uh, it'll be an interesting episode two weeks from now to probably provide you some updates as to what's been going on in our worlds of isolation. Um, we'll continue to be nerdy. And if there's any topics, though, that you would like for us to touch on, uh, maybe some stories you would like to share, the easiest way to drop a line is by shooting us an email, feedback at nerdydadcast.com. Um, or you can head to nerdydadcast.com and simply drop a, a comment there. Um, for those of you who are on Twitter or on Facebook, uh, you can find us as Nerdy Dadcast. So Twitter is at nerdydadcast and facebook.com slash nerdydadcast. Probably noticing a trend at this point. Nerdy Dadcast is us. The other thing I'm hoping that people can do is uh, give us a review. Um, how have we done? We're a handful of episodes in, and I know there was a, a long unintended break in between, but if you happen to be listening to us, for instance, on Apple Podcasts, you can drop us a review. Rate us at a, a number of stars and then provide a qualitative comment or two to tell us how awesome we are, how awesome we're not, uh, whether you like John more than you like Chris, it's okay. We can take it. Um, but if you're not listening in the Apple uh, Podcast app, that's perfectly fine because you can also go to podchaser.com slash nerdydadcast and drop us a review there as well. Again, that's podchaser.com slash nerdydadcast. And all these links will be in our, our show notes uh, at nerdydadcast.com. So, on behalf of John, on behalf of myself, Chris, and uh, our kids who are all running amok inside, going a little stir-crazy because we won't let them outside into the wide, wide world, I'm going to ask you to do one simple thing. Stay nerdy, my friends. <laughs> <laughs>